Alexander Snitker, libertarian, Republican, and political hack, and Adrian Wiley, born-again anarchist and political has-been. Banter, blather, and joke about current events while attempting to figure out whether to keep trying to salvage our Constitution and Republic or just stock up on marshmallows to roast on the smoldering embers of society. It's time for Unattended Baggage. Why, thank you, Ledge. Hello, everyone in Podcastville or Internet Land or wherever you may reside. This is Alex, co-host, Unattended Baggage. Along with me is my radio life mate, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Adrian, chairman of the Building, building Materials Projectile Staging and Logistics Committee of the Western Florida Guild of Professional Anarchists, Local Chapter 151, Wiley. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Uh, unfortunately, I've still got some of my damn teeth. <laughs> I didn't realize we moved this show to West Virginia. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm totally bummed out. I went in there thinking they were going to yank them all, and they only yanked like a, a third of them. Apparently, you got to do it in three different steps so oh, that just sounds so if if i sound like i have a speech impediment it's because <laughs> my tongue has nowhere to go when i speak so it's uh i actually I'm, I'm starting to control it but earlier in this week i sounded it's like you know like just really yeah it was it was all over the place yeah still i you could probably hear some of it but uh yeah i'm i'm, I'm managing but yeah what a bummer man I, yeah, especially I when you go in there with a, th- a certain thought I, in your head. And I was then you prepped. Don't... I was ready to go. I had myself all mentally prepared for it and everything. Yeah. And it's like, you know, they pull like seven teeth and they're like, all right, that's it. And I'm like, what? There's a, <laughs> there's a bunch more, Doc. I don't know if you can see that. But uh, yeah, so that's not the way they do it. Oof. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, what's going on with you, man? Um, no, it's just been a, it's actually pretty, pretty, been a pretty busy week. Yeah. So a lot going on, which is nice, you know, been been real busy yeah but I, other than that I don't really have no, much to, you don't have anything to report no 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 crazy stories well or I, like I tell you what my my neighborhood has descended into chaos right now so well, why is and that? it's it's actually seems to have split the neighborhood into two factions oh shit and we've got the the kind of the statist faction and then the pure on anarchist faction going on right what's now. what's the issue over? all right so what happened is apparently there was uh, uh, a major uh, uh, sewage water main repair that had to be done on the main street that our neighborhood branches off of right okay and it happened and to there's be, only one way in one way out right and and what happened is is they took this main through affair through Pinellas County and they detoured it through our neighborhood Okay, so it's like if you're going uh, southbound, you turn down our street, go up half a block and then turn up the street behind us. Or if you're going southbound, you go the other way. So this little quiet residential neighborhood now just has like bumper to bumper traffic and horns honking. You know, it's like living in the city. And to me, it's like, oh, well, that kind of sucks. That's that's going to be inconvenient for the next month. Yeah, but why would they do that in your neighborhood? There's only one way in and one way out. No, no, there's not. There's actually a little cut through street about four houses down from me where you can get to the next street up and then go back out on County Road 1. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's what they're using. So essentially, it's it's down one street, cut across, and then up another. Okay. And one of those streets I happen to live on. Um, and <laughs> so, and again, I looked at this as a, a, a mild inconvenience, a slight nuisance, right? Yeah. It's not permanent. So it's, it's like, temporary. right. It's, it's, it's going to be a month and I'm going to have to really, you know, watch pulling in and out of my driveway and you know, it's, there's going to be road noise for a little while. Okay. <laughs> but my neighbors are just like going gonzo. They're just off the wall, pissed off that this is going on. So what's happened is the first camp is all pissed off at the traffic and, you know, all pissed off that, you know, some people are like driving fast and everything, you know, through a residential neighborhood. And sometimes it's just bumper to bumper traffic and, you know, they can't really park on the street anymore and things like that. I mean, they still are. That makes it even worse because now everyone's having to go around the parked cars and everything. Um, And so they're like calling the cops every day. You got to come out here and do something about it. So we got which makes matters worse, in my opinion. We got cops in the neighborhood all the time, you know, parking there, watching, you know, just just a, a strong police presence. Now, the other side of the neighborhood, and, and actually I'm the one being accused of this. All the neighbors think I'm the one doing this, okay? 
they keep moving the detour signs <laughs> and routing people in like strange directions to keep them away from one street or the other. So it's like the arrows are pointing the wrong way. They're sending people down dead ends. And, you know, so there's like this insurgency going on trying to stop the detour from going through our neighborhood. And, you know, which is only making matters worse. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's not helping anything. And uh, and every night, every time I, I, I drive in and out of the neighborhood, the detour signs are all pointing in different directions. They've been moved, you know, and then there's the other camp who have littered the neighborhood with signs, you know, like children playing slowed out. So, like, there's 50 of these signs everywhere. It's just pure chaos. I keep thinking to myself, you know, and, and of course, everyone thinks, literally, I've had, like, three or four different people tell me, I know it's you moving the signs around. It's like, look, I don't even care that much. You know, it's 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 a mild inconvenience. Hold on. Is it really not you moving the it's signs? It's not me moving the signs. I, I don't give a shit, you know, and and it makes no sense to do that because that just makes matters worse. Now you got a bunch of stupid, confused people jamming up the neighborhood instead of just flowing through. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> so, yeah, so that's going on. And I just find it, I, I find it Hold fascinating. On, who do you think it is? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, but I, I find it fascinating that <laughs> such a seemingly small event can cause so much, you know, outrage and consternation and, and upset. Oh, God, I've got one neighbor that's going out and standing in the street. Like, she just keeps crossing back and forth across the street, like daring cars to hit her. You know, like, what the hell are you doing here? You know, trying to slow people down and all that. Just, people are doing just hold on. Is crazy there another shit? Is there another option that you can do? No, they literally closed the main road, and all traffic is being routed through our neighborhood. Wow. Yeah. So, and you know the traffic on CR one. It's oh, not yeah. light traffic. No, 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 no. Yeah. It's that's and I mean, avoid County Low Road one for for a month. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um. But yeah, hey, I'm glad you told me this. Like sometimes I have to use that road every once in a while. Well, you'll be coming by my house, you know, beep and wave as you go by. I'm not going to drive down that road. But, I'm going to avoid it at all costs. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's just it's funny to me the how upset people get about this sort of thing. You know, it, it just it, it makes no sense to me, and I, I get it. It's 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 inconvenient. It's not fun. It's rather unpleasant. But it's it's not like call the cops. It's not like dart in and out of traffic. It's not like set up barricades. It's not like, you know, use guerrilla insurgency tactics. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And the funny part is, is I'm the only probably true anarchist in my neighborhood. And you're like, I don't know. the one's like, what's the big deal, folks? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, like you're just not going to hang out outside for a month. Right. Yeah. Well, and you got to be careful when you go in and out. Yeah, exactly. It's but it, you know what? Here's the thing. You know what's funny is sometimes I would have a big problem with certain things, and sometimes I don't. Yeah. And I think sometimes people don't understand the rationale one way or the other. Right. So my rationale for this one of not having as much of a problem with it is there wasn't another option. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like because the way that you get into your development, there's cement in the median between North and Southbound lanes. Right. So you can't just do they do they close the entire road? Yeah. Like all the way across? The road is blocked. So County Road 1, north or south, is blocked. If you're traveling between those two main uh, roads, uh, you know, where my neighborhood is, yeah. um, you have to take the detour through our neighborhood. Even now if they you're going, but, hold on, but if you're going, like, southbound, you don't have to. No, both north and southbound. Are going through are your neighborhood. Through my neighborhood. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> the entire road is closed. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Well, because they're uh, replacing the sewer pipe that uh goes across county road one Damn. so and they're saying it's going to take about a month but yeah it's just that it, it, it <laughs> i just find it well that does suck though it, it, it's not that bad it's it's really not that big a deal but I, I it's just so funny how people react to shit you know yeah and again it's 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 kind of like we've talked about in the past like you know that Remember, we, we found that study that said that two-thirds of the American people believe that if the there was an extended power outage, they'd be dead within two weeks. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, which, and to me, that was just the most bizarre type of thinking I could ever imagine. 
You know, how would you be dead in two weeks? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, if, if there was a complete, let's say the entire world was without power. Okay. The first thing you'd have, you already have shelter. Okay. Your shelter's not going anywhere. Yeah. You would have to find water. Okay. But that's not terribly hard to do. Well, you know what the, I'm saying? But if the power was out completely. If, well, the water your, wouldn't pump. So you'd yeah. have no water coming out of your tap. Yeah. You know? But, you know, so you'd have to find water. You'd have to find food. Okay. But everybody has to find water, though. Right. Which means that that would really, that would put a huge strain on things. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, uh, I, shit, I got 10,000 gallons in my backyard. I'm good. You know. <laughs> so, not not to mention a couple hundred gallons that I keep in the garage at all times. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it's still, the point is, is that it, it just astounds me how so many people equate something that is an, an inconvenience or even a, a significant challenge to a life-threatening situation. Well, you know? because we're uh, because we're so used to modern society now. I guess. I yeah, mean, I think that has a lot to do with it. I mean, because people are panicking because there's a lot of cars driving by their house. In my well, look, if you're out of power for a day, people lose their minds. Right. Just a day. Right. I, I think some of those people that believe that they would they would be dead honestly are, are not worried as much about either. They're not worried about not having water or food. They're worried about being killed by whom? Other people. You know, I guess there it, that it would significantly raise the threat level. That, you know, when people start running out of food, running out of water, they're going to get desperate. They're going to look for other means. But, you know, to me, that sounds like an opportunity to say, okay, let's get together and figure this out. Well, yeah, but I don't think people are. Look, society is not the same as it was even 50 years ago. Uh, Like people aren't the same as they were then, though. You know, I, I think the opposite is true. I think that would be the best thing that could happen to society, which is why I well, constantly still, root for a solar make, flare. Hold on, but if you make an omelet, you have to break a couple eggs, though. They're worried about the oh, eggs yeah. getting broken. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's not going to be two-thirds of the population dying. You know? Depends on how many get shot. Look, look, two-thirds of the population in this country could survive for at least two months on their own stored fat. And that's not an exaggeration. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> with the obesity in this country. So really, you know, you've already got shelter. All you need to find is water, which is not terribly difficult. Not super easy either, but you know, this is Florida. You can dig down a few feet and find it pretty much anywhere. Yeah. So in other places, you know, look, if you're living in Mesa, Arizona, that might be a much bigger problem. Well, yeah, you're you're screwed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't live in <laughs> but, the desert. But if you're living somewhere where there's like rivers and lakes and things like that, you know, hey, you can get fresh water. Yeah. You know, you might have uh, the shits for a little bit, but, you know, you're going to survive. You get used to it. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I, again, just fascinating how what, what people turn into like, you know, a crisis. Yeah. Yeah. Everything has to be a crisis. Hold on. I, there is one thing I do got. There is one thing I do want to bring up, though. Hmm. I am really getting irritated with the super fucking police presence in downtown in, in Ebor in Tampa. Oh yeah. Here's the thing. This is the thing that really irks me the most, I think. They have so many cops and so many cop cars down there that it's hard to get around. Yeah. <laughs> like they're causing the, they're the traffic causing problems. traffic problems with their and they take up all the good spaces. Like, they'll... Well, yeah. Like, look, I got to go down there and pick people up and drop them off. And I think sometimes the cops literally will park their cars in places to stop people from getting picked up. Like, I really think that they're there as a deterrent, not from violence or from mayhem down there. Right. I think from they're a deterrent from people getting rides. Yeah. <laughs> well, it cuts into the revenue. Well, it cuts into the DUI money. Yeah. Right. I, I really think at this point, like, I, I, I'm looking around and, like, sometimes I'm going, I'm driving down 7th and a cop is walking across the street, like, slow, like that woman. Right. Like, you know, I dare you to hit me. Right. Like, what the, get out of the way. Right. <laughs> exactly. Like, it was Thursday. It was a thir- But don't beep at him because you're going to jail for yeah. obstruction. So, like, but Thursday night, the, the amazing cop presence down there, I was like, there's not, the, there's not that many people down here for you to have this many cops down here. Right. Like, it was crazy. Yeah. So, it's just so irritating. It's so irritating. Yeah. You know, because they're all just... And they block off the side roads. Yeah. Again, we're not allowed to... We're not supposed to pick up off the 7th. They got all the roads blocked off to, to take a left or a right. Right. So, it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Well, that's, that's you know... You know, honestly, it might actually be what you think it is. 
it might actually be that they are trying to deter ride sharing. Oh, I really do believe that. Like that's not just that's not a bit, man. I, th- right. I think that's what they're trying to do. It's because they're it, it's not possible. nice. Yeah, you know, it's it's in it's irritating. It's irritating yeah. to no end. Right. Actually, <laughs> last Saturday I ended up having like the closest I got to zero on the car. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so zero it was charge. Like I, like I knew I had one more ride left. Like it was like three a.m. and I'm like I can't go charge now, so I have to pick somebody up. I have enough juice to get. Like to mid Pinellas, and right. I can be all right. Like I can go there, and then I can fill up. At, you know, I can go charge up after that. Right. And these guys get in the car, and all of a sudden they're like, "Hey, man, well, we need to go here too." Right. And I'm like, I'm looking at, it. I'm like, I'm like, count miles at this point. I'm like, okay, I guess I can do that. And they were all car guys, and right. they were all drunk, drunk gay car guys. It was a weird combination. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I did get them there. But I got there. I got. I got to the. I got to the charging station. Like twenty miles left. I was like, well, that was the closest. Oh, well, 20 miles. I get nervous. I just get nervous. Yeah. But (laughs) I I actually like, uh, you know, that uh, miles to empty on on the fuel gauge. Yeah. Um, You know, I I like to get that like under 10. (sighs) I I feel good when I'm, you know. Man, I would feel horrible if I did that. I would feel really bad. I, I actually got it in at two one time. That was the best. Did you really? Yeah, got it in at two. Doesn't it do damage at that point? No. No, that's bullshit. Oh, it doesn't? Yeah. Oh, I thought it does damage to the car or something. <laughs> ah, they say that. It's not good for fuel injectors, but, you know, yeah, it, it, it's not the end of the world. So, well, remember, I used to have that Chrysler 300. The gas gauge didn't even work on it. Oh, yeah. And and I drove like that for 10 years. So I got very good at doing math. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you had no choice. You had to know how many miles. You had to know how many city versus highway miles you were driving. You had to know how much you put your foot into it. Yeah. Or you were going to be stranded. <laughs> All right, hold on. So let me ask you a question, though, uh, back to the uh, the detour subject. After Saturday night, man, if the government closes down, are they just going to open that back up? I don't know. Well, this is all state and local, so oh, yeah, yeah, never mind. yeah. But uh, no, no, of course not, because uh, as we well know, that anytime the government shuts down, the only thing they shut down is the part of the government that uh, people like. <laughs> so if it's anything you don't like about the government, it will be operating as normal. You know, IRS, ATF, you know, all those things that, you know, they will be operating normally. They will still continue to find ways to make sure to collect your money. You got student loan debt. You still have to pay it, you know, but they will not allow you to go into nature. That's what they do. They close the fucking parks. They close the fucking museums. You know what I'm saying? They close all the things, the very few things that most Americans really love about the government. You know, and you know what? I I like the government because of Yellowstone. Well, you can't go there now. Fuck you. But pay your taxes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's it, these government shutdowns are such. First of all, they're a fucking joke. OK, because, you know, that look, the government, they're not going to actually. Yeah, really they're, they're not going to really shut down anything of significance. They're only going to shut down the things that the average American person will notice and care about. Okay. Well, yeah, because the people, whoever's in charge at the time of the shutdown wants to inflict the most amount of pain on the people in order to get them to force the other side it's, to open it back up. It's not even pain per se. It's just, um, you know, like I say, they close the parks, they close the monuments, they close the museums, you know. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's their way of the pain, though. Yeah, but I guess it's you, a show. I, I'm sure yeah. you, yeah, 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 they want to shut the show down, I guess. Yeah, okay. right. But anything that is significant or keeps them, for example, okay. Um, they uh, over the next, uh, you know, if, if the government does shut down, they're saying it, 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 it it'll be unfunded tonight at midnight. Okay, if if no deal is made, and it doesn't look like any deal is going to get made, um, in a couple of weeks, government employees will stop getting paid. Okay, which is one point five percent of the population. So if you if you do work for the federal government or you're in the military or something like that, you're going to have an issue. Um, that one point five percent of the population is going to probably have an issue here in a couple of weeks. Um, but other than that, you know, the, the rest of people are just going to, you know, <laughs> shut down the things that you like. But ironically, you know who's still getting paid? Congress. Congress. <laughs> Congress will continue to get a paycheck, even though the rest of the federal employees will not. So, <laughs> I mean, it's such a joke, people. And you have to realize that's exactly what it is. This is all pure 
politics. It's pure smoke and mirrors. Uh, you know, it, it's just it's so frustrating. And, you know, of course, it's it's all over the headlines and, and they try to get really like, for example, uh, your Social Security check is still coming. OK, because that's funded completely separately. All your government benefits are still coming. You know, that's funded separately. So it, it's all these things that, you know, are just relatively insignificant in the grand scheme of things. Now, as an anarchist, I would like to see everything shut down across the board and it, for it to be permanent. But that's, of course, not going to happen. You know? No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so this is kind of like, don't tease me. Why are you teasing me like this? <laughs> well, and I but think, when you realize what it and is. And I think this one is over. And this one is over like, like just complete, like you both are all going to do it right right like yeah what are they even fighting over what's the the big point of contention god i wish i could tell you is it the border is it it's a couple things yeah. i mean look there you know one thing i know there's for a, a certain fact grouping is, not, is military spending well there's a certain group that's upset with the funding to, to ukraine right so yeah Rand a, paul's in that camp but he's not willing to shut it down either, though. Like, he's not like, you know, right. again, and he's in the Senate, so he's in the minority right. there. And I understand that the compromise deal that McCarthy uh, tried to get done yesterday was more funding for border security. But that yeah, didn't they fly. were trying to do like a continuing resolution. Look, they haven't yeah. been in regular Keep order. The Mexicans out. They haven't been in regular order when it comes to the budget process for like a decade. Right. Like they've no, been, it's, it's always been an emergency. You yeah, know, they, right. they've been doing that for a long time. Like one right. of like one of one of Amash's biggest complaints was is that he wanted to return to regular order when it comes to the, you know, when it comes to the spending of money. Right. And, you know, none of, none of them want to do that. Like no. both during this entire time frame in which they've been working under these these certain rules. Right. That both sides have been in charge, neither side wants to fix it. Right. You know, so no matter what, it doesn't matter. Like the neither side actually wants to get anything done and they keep like they had all the time in the world to actually get all this stuff done, but then they they don't they wait till the end. Right. And normally they wait till the end because then they pass some stuff through that they have to that they want to get done and they want to be able to kind of give people some uh, what's the word for it a cover right you know so that's really what you're well, what you're looking at you know the one thing no matter how far a government shutdown goes the one thing that will always be paid is the interest on the debt because the government wants to make sure that the banks the Federal Reserve doesn't foreclose on the United States government. And just replace them because they could do that in a heartbeat if they quit paying the interest on the debt. <laughs> the yeah. thirty-one trillion, or is it thirty-three trillion now? It's some crazy number like that. So, uh, and and one again, thing, neither side, like neither. Look, if you look at the people that are putting the the the, the monkey wrench in the system, right? On the Republican side, they are scumbags. aiming at, they, but they are pointing that the deficit. Or the debt. Right. They're pointing at the debt. Right. Which, again, they're not wrong in pointing at the debt, but they don't really want to fix it either, though. No. Like, they're not really trying to fix it. No. No. And I think that's the... that's the. This is all just, uh, you know, election year politics stuff. <laughs> it's 100% that, you know. So, what are you typing there, Chief? Uh, what's the national debt today? Oh, I'm, I'm saying 32 and change. 32 trillion and change. Um... Uh, Thirty-two trillion eight hundred and eleven billion. Okay, so almost thirty-three. Yep. Oh, I knew we were close on, to the thirty-three. Tr the truth is, it says this one is uh, the 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 uh, U.S. national debt versus the truth. The tr the truth is actually one hundred and fifty-nine trillion. Well, that's our unfunded liabilities. Yeah, <laughs> that's the money that we're obligated to pay, and we have no way of paying it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so eventually that will be our debt. So assets. This is this, oh, this is kind of funny. So assets four point nine six trillion. Unfunded Medicare promises, $64.29 trillion. Unfunded Social Security promises, $47.7 trillion. Publicly held debt, $24 trillion. Pension and retiree health care liabilities, $12 trillion. Other liabilities, $1.8. Nice. Yeah, so that's why they... Like, it's only a matter of time. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> this, is, this is how it's designed, man. This is how the bankers designed it. The bankers designed it so that they can keep the U.S. government in perpetual debt to them. Just like the entire system, economic system we have now, is to keep the U.S. consumer in perpetual debt. I, it, it, it's really, man, look, I, I hate to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but... 
the bankers run the world. Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, they they literally do. In fact, if you here's the thing, you can go out right now and find articles where when the rates of people saving starts to go up, the banking system gets very, very concerned. Okay, because it means that when people are saving more, they're going into debt less. Okay, and that's a major problem. You, we could actually collapse the economy the way it functions now, as dif- dysfunctional as it is. We could actually put the bankers out of business by not using credit. It, it would collapse the entire banking system. Yeah, you know, and <laughs> eventually, you know, that would be a good way to go. I, I, I tried to do that for a very long time, but you know, I just said, nah, fuck it." You know, <laughs> I'll, I'll take your cheap money. All right. <laughs> yeah, <You> know, <laughs> it's it's <laughs> you dangle that carrot enough, I'm going to take a bite. Yeah, you know? As, especially when knowing that there's there's no way to solve any of it, you might as well just go along for the ride. You know. Yeah, I mean, you you come to that realization at a certain point. I know I have when it comes to you know like fighting the system. Like there's right. just no yeah, there's no will to actually want to do it. I right. think is really I, yeah. It's funny because like I blame politicians, but I actually blame the people way more than that. Well, you know, hey, <laughs> it's the path of least resistance. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm tired of moving the detour signs. <laughs> I've been doing it for decades. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got me. Right. <laughs> um, speaking of being done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting news uh, this week. Um, Diane Feinstein died this week at, at the age of 90. And the, the really the big question is, is this going to affect her reelection chances? I still think she's got a solid shot. I, I think she's got a pretty good shot. Well, actually, yeah. she's deci- she decided before she wasn't going to run for re-election. Maybe she knew. Well, she might now. <laughs> now that she's dead, they, they might go ahead and re-elect her. God, my God. Seriously, though. Uh, you geez. know what? Here's the thing. I, it's... Hang on. Did I, you hear that? Did you hear that uh, Mitch McConnell actually uh, uh, presided over her um, her memorial uh, at the Senate? Oh, really? I didn't know. Yeah, that. there was a uh, fourteen minute moment of silence. <laughs> well, you can make fun of him because he's still alive. <laughs> Not for long, I'm sure. I, you know, I I was actually thinking uh, that we should probably have a Senate Deadpool, and I get Mitch McConnell. You get you taking Mitch I'm, first. I'm taking Mitch. Who pick? do you want? Hmm. I don't know. I have to think about it. Yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to give an answer right now. <laughs> he, the yeah. funny thing is, though, the only way they could actually get rid of her was her dying. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, uh, some people may think that I'm being flippant and crass. Uh, you know, this this woman passed away. Where no, no, and <laughs> no. I got no reason to give her any love whatsoever. You know, just zero. Yeah, like I was, like when I when I heard that she died, part of me was like, "Are we gonna make fun of her?" Yeah, fuck yeah. And then I was like, part of me is like, "Well, you don't want to speak ill of the dead." No, but then again, she's been dead for so long anyway. At least the way she looked. (laughs) And and the thing is this: when you refuse, like when you're that old, right? She should have been out of there generously a decade ago. Oh, that's very generous. The fact that you were still there. We're still, when you, again, you weren't cognizant enough to actually really be up there anymore. Right. The fact that you were still there is such an indictment on the entire system. You think it's going to come out now that she's gone that she was actually behind the uh, Harvey Milk assassination? I don't know. <laughs> because that's what jump-started her career. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. I just, it's just, you know, and she's now, and everybody's going to say nice glowing things about her and how she's been up there for so long and doing this, you know, and like, like, you know, she's a path for women in politics and stuff. Man, she's, like, the thing that really sucks here is she's the example of, like, how bad our politics is. Right. Like, it's nothing yeah. good. There's not a good thing you can say about her at the end of the day, like you know, she broke barriers and all this other kind of stuff. Right. She was a corrupt politician. Right. For a long time. Yeah. She didn't. She wasn't a, a, a you know, like her, her first office that she held was like in 78. Right. 1978. You know, and like Jesus Christ. How many years is that? Like it's 45 years in office or about that. So I, I just, 
I don't know. Everybody wants to say something nice about her and stuff like that. I got nothing nice to say. Hang on. I got nothing nice to say. Let me just put this into perspective for you, okay? Um, She is a woman who has spent her entire life in uh, the public sector, okay? Entire life as a government employee, okay? What's her net worth? Oh, a lot. $90 million, okay? Now, yeah... So her, uh, her, uh, um, here's the thing, her salary, okay, based on her salary, and if she invested very smart and things like that, she should probably have a net worth of maybe $5 million at the most. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That would be like, she made all the right financial decisions all the way along the line. Okay, five million dollars would be a reasonable like end of life net worth for someone who had the salary that she had throughout her life. Ninety million. Uh uh-uh. No way. You know, and it just goes to show you they're all like that. You know, she's been on the take the whole time. She's been insider trading the whole time. She's been getting kickbacks the whole time. Sweetheart she's been deals. Bribes the whole time. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got uh, what's his name? Uh, the uh, Menendez, Menendez uh, from New Jersey, who's up on bribery charges for the second time. Yeah, because he's got off on the first one. Yeah, right. And he just, Diane Feinstein, the only difference is she was much more discreet about it. Yeah, she played the game better. Yeah, exactly. You know, and so all these people, that's why they never leave office. Well, you think she woke up in the morning at 90 years old thinking, you know, oh, well, I can't wait to get out there and do the work for the American people. Fuck that yeah you know right as far as she was concerned it was her seat right yeah like she owned it yeah she wanted the money and how dare somebody even say i should be replaced right at 90 right (laughs) even when people have to like whisper in her ear repeatedly what's actually going on around her like you know we were we were i actually was talking to this last night with uh with with john my mom and kelly do you realize that right now Donald Trump and Bill Clinton mm-hmm. are the same age. Mm-hmm. And Biden is three years older than both of them. Mm-hmm. Clinton was in office as president in the 90s. Right. Yeah. Well, he was young. He was a young president. Well, okay. <laughs> now. Right. Yeah, right. But by today's standards. Yeah. (laughs) Right. But right now, like this would be the same as Clinton trying to run for president now. Right. Yeah. He's at the same age as he's the same age as Trump. Well, uh, and Biden is three years older than him. Look at Reagan. You know, Reagan, we got really worried because he was 70. Yeah. You know, like we we were saying 70 was too old to be president. Now we're talking about. Is eighty too old to be president? Look, is ninety too old to be a senator? Yeah, n- don't don't get me wrong. I do think that with the advancements of technology that we've had, that people can live longer, more productive lives. Right. So you, if you if you put that into a, a, a an equation, I guess you could say right that somebody being in their forties or being in their fifties or even in their sixties, uh, 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 I think that they're better off now than they were back then. Yeah, but life expectancy has only crept up like maybe two or three years. Yeah, but quality though time. has crept up better, has been maybe, better though. Maybe. Eh, yeah, I'm sure some. But it just doesn't change the fact that if you think about it though, like do you want Bill like you've seen Bill Clinton now. Do you want that guy in office right now? Like Bill Clinton in the nineties definitely was uh, was not old. You know, he was, a, he was, it was in, he was in his forties. <laughs> I tell you what, man, Bill Clinton probably be a better choice than Biden or Trump. <laughs> you know, uh, he's looking really rough right now. Yeah. Like Clinton's looking real rough, man. I don't know if you've seen a picture of him lately, but he don't look good. Oh, really? Yeah. He looks bad. He looks, he looks pretty bad. Well, yeah, he probably lived harder than the other two. He might've been, I, well, I don't know about Biden. Well, I, I don't know about Trump. No. Well, and the other no. thing is this, the other thing is this, like they're going down, like, again, we're going down these same, what they did do last week at Congress was dude, they did their hearing for uh, Biden's corruption scandal. Right. And they don't seem to have a lot on them though. Not a lot of hard evidence. I mean, hold on. I mean, look, he clearly, there clearly are, he did it. There are texts from you know, from the WhatsApp app from Hunter Biden right. saying that, like, I'm giving money to the big guy. There's text messages saying I've been supporting the family for the whole time, collecting all this money. Right. There's 
text messages from him to Chinese to you know to, to Chinese visitors. Well, there's a lot saying of, we did our part. You need to do yours. There's a lot on Hunter, but there's the stuff connecting him to his dad. Look, like there's you, literally you know, checks. Hold here, on, there's you, literally you know checks true. from China that are addressed to Joe Biden's house. Right. From uh, you know again Hunter Biden's name on it right. to Joe Biden's house, and Hunter wasn't even living there at the time. I look, I get it. And I absolutely agree. Biden, Joe Biden is on the take from foreign nationals, oh, has from been, foreign yeah. government. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it in my mind. What I'm saying is, you know, to the level of an actual conviction, eh, it's that, look, you could definitely put Hunter Biden away for it. Okay. But to, yeah, but a lot of the stuff that they do to was, convict Joe for it. You need more evidence. Well, no, I no, I, I definitely here's the thing for a conviction. I would de- absolutely yeah. agree with you. He was definitely smarter about it than than other people were about it. But not as smart as some. But you're right, not as smart as some. Yeah. It's it, it, and the thing is this though, a lot of the stuff that they did though was actually legal. Right. Like you know, Congress has made it so a lot of the stuff that you would think would be illegal is actually completely legal to do. Congress literally passed laws that said it's acceptable for them to do insider trading. Yeah, they view it as a perk. Right, yeah. Like, the congressmen and women up there view it as, like, that's part of their, like, uh, Just like, like cops can get away with drunk driving. Yes. Look, folks, you live in a society where there are people who are better than you. You live... You know, all animals are created equal. Some are more equal than others. Mm-hmm. You know, you live in that society. You live in that world. You know, yeah. Just acknowledge it. You know, yeah. You have to at this point. And since you can't well, stop it, your best bet is to try to get your peace. You well, know? and and that's why more than fifty people were arrested following a night of looting throughout Philly. Ah, yeah, that's awesome, isn't it? <laughs> that's awesome. I lo- nothing I love more than than mass looting. Yeah. Well, it's 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 happening. Well, look, it's happening all over the country. And now, what's happening though is this stuff is coordinated. Oh yeah, yeah. They are coordinating. You know, people are coordinating these sure. looting. You just things. overwhelm the system. Yeah, they're looting it. They're, they're coordinating around riots or around protests yep. or things like that. So they can end up blaming the protests, even yeah. though I don't think you should necessarily blame the protests. Well, they don't necessarily always do it around protests. Sometimes they just go say, "Okay, we're going to hit this store at this time." Yeah, you know? I think it just depends and on what's going on. Five hundred people though. show up. Yeah. yeah, but here's the outcome of it. The outcome of it is within the next few years, you're going to see armed guards at uh, retail stores that look like military personnel. Okay, and uh, folks, I wrote about this in my book, The Cassandra Trigger, uh, available on Amazon. Uh, back in, uh, I started writing in 2013, finished it in 2016, and I, I just want to read uh, a line from Chapter One of the Cassandra Trigger, and this is set in the year 2028. Virtually every corporate grocery store now has off-duty cops on the payroll for security. Shoplifting has become commonplace. I'm thankful it hasn't gotten that bad for my family yet. Stealing from the corporate stores no longer has a social stigma, but I can't bring myself to do it. Even with the facial recognition cameras and the behavioral analysis scanners, people are becoming a resourceful shoplifter is a survival mechanism for many people. People have learned the gaps in the systems, and they know how to avoid lifting on the days when the federal Viper teams are around. And so in, in my book, uh, essentially what happens is, um, you know, when the when these retail stores and grocery stores and, and chains and things like that, uh, on uh, they get some federal help from basically a militarized police force from the federal government. Mm-hmm. But on other days, they just have their private security there. And this trend, it, it's very predictable that this would happen. You know, that you would have these mass looting events, and it's very predictable how the stores are going to respond. Uh, they're either going to respond by closing down in areas, which, which they are doing. doing. That's that's already happening. And the ones that they want to keep o- open that they believe can still maintain profitability, they are going to have an armed presence like you wouldn't believe. Because in all reality, the surveillance, the security cameras, the, you know, the, the alarms that go off, that's no longer a deterrent. Okay, that's not stopping people because people go in, they wear masks, they figure they can just overwhelm the system and that's it, you know. So the only next step is actually using force and you're going to see Walmart, Target, 
you know, Winn-Dixie, Albertsons, Publix, all these grocery stores uh, and, and all these retail stores, they are going to have you walk in and you're going to be walking past people that are heavily armed. And at first, they're probably just going to be sidearms. Eventually, you're going to see them there with, you know, uh, assault rifles. Yeah. Yeah. It's we are going that direction. There is no other way around it. And then what's going to happen is you're going to have situations where, you know, there's a mass looting event and then there's a mass shooting event. OK. And then there's going to be more riots and we'll be that much closer to my utopian society of a com- complete collapse, you know, of society. <laughs> Uh, so we will be able to roast marshmallows on those burning embers of your local Walmart, <laughs> which which is a good thing. <laughs> well, so, look one, forward to it, folks. The one thing that I did want <coughs> to bring up, though, is that if you are going to do this, then maybe filming it is not necessarily the right way to do it. Uh, depends on how many views you get. Well, so there's this woman. <laughs> you get a million views on that. It, it could be profitable enough for uh, six months in the in prison. So there was a woman for the Philly one that actually was was live streaming it, basically. So the Philly social media influencer arrested while she live streamed Tuesday night's looting mayhem fought back tears as she was charged with six felonies. Deja Blackwell, better known as Meatball, shared her firsthand view of the chaos, which looters targeted several businesses, including Apple, Foot Locker, Lululemon, before being caught. The video's... In the videos posted to her Instagram stories, Blackwell can be heard laughing and cheering on as the looters as she stood by and watched the chaos unfold. At one at one point during her live stream, Blackwell turned her face to the camera and challenged the cops to arrest her. Tell the police they're either going to lock me up tonight or it's going to be lit. It's going to be a movie, she <laughs> says at one point. Good for her. This is what happens when you don't get justice in the city. She screamed. And again, she pointed. She was pointing at the. And I, I will say this. Oh, you you want to hear the video? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we'll give it a shot. And right now, a uh-huh. bunch of people are looting an iPhone Free or an Apple, Apple store. Free Apple. Good fun. Good fun. Fun for the whole family. <laughs> yeah, she fucked around and found out. She got, she got, she got, uh, she got arrested. <laughs> well, hang on a second. It looked like she was just outside filming. Uh, why would she get arrested for that? That doesn't make any sense. You're right. You need to take a break there. No, I'm good. I just I, you okay. Tough guy. I actually think I swallowed a, a bug. You know, there <laughs> there was a bug flying around a minute ago. Yeah, and I, I don't see I it anymore. It. <laughs> it's good protein. I think I swallowed that bug. Um, <laughs> What did she get arrested for? She was charged with burglary, criminal trespass, conspiracy, criminal mischief, riot with the intent to commit a felony and criminal use of a communication facility. That sounds like some whole bunch of bullshit charges. Well, she's crying now. I I would say, honestly, she's probably going to get off on all those because if she was not participating in the looting, was just filming it, then uh, as far as I'm concerned, that's not a crime. Yeah. I mean, we're just going to see this more and more and more, though. Right. This is really just a... This is just a... This is only the beginning, I think. And it's a good thing. It's a good thing. In the grand scheme of things, it's the sort of thing that actually needs to happen. Yeah. And I I say that only half facetiously. Because, look, if you really want change, if you want to change, if you want to redistribute the balance of power in this world. And, and when I say things like that, people automatically think I'm talking about socialism or communism. No, I'm talking about the true nat- natural order of the balance of power, the balance of power back to the individual, away from governments, away from multinational corporations, away from the banking system. Uh, you know, if, if you want to see that true rebalancing, you have to go through a period of chaos like this. Now, the problem is, is when you have this chaos, when it does get to the tipping point, the next step can go a lot of different directions. Yeah, and in a lot of cases, it can go even worse, you know, towards authoritarianism, towards fascism, towards communism, towards totalitarianism. But there's that chance that it can go back to a more mutually voluntary society without the you know the the hierarchy of control the hierarchy of power 
the you know the the one percent controlling everything, and you know it, it, it's a dangerous cycle, but it does need to happen if we're ever going to get to a place where um, we do have a more free, equal, equitable world. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I just don't think it's going to go. I think it's going to go the bad way. I don't it think it's going to go will. the good way. Yeah. I definitely don't think it's going to go. I think, honestly, I don't want to say about maybe by design, but I think that the powers that be are well prepared for what's next. Mm, like the, I, I think don't, they're prepared for what's I coming. I don't think they're holding on. Me, I think they're egging it on. I don't think their hold on power is as, as strong as you think it is. Well, I hope you're I, right. I think it's, it's more illusion than reality, as it is most of the time. You know, it, throughout history, all these regimes that seemed completely uh, impenetrable, uh, you know, infallible, in, in, omnipotent. They've all fallen, you know, and sometimes they were replaced by something better. Sometimes they were replaced by something even worse. Uh, but the one constant in the universe, or at least in human history, is that civilizations, societies always collapse. There's not been one continuous society that I can think of for the entire history of mankind that that has survived. So, you know, it's it's all about everything's a cycle. It, you know, we just have to go through the cycle, and and some parts of it are more fun than others. Yeah. You know? All right. One, uh, on that, all right. So on that do pleasant we want, note. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Let's make it even worse. Huh. You want to go to the next one? Yeah. 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 All right. So, so the Philippines and China. Yeah. Yeah. This was an interesting thing uh, that happened uh, this past week here. Um, China, you know, they're out there uh, essentially claiming the entire South China Sea is theirs. Uh, they're creating new islands and um, claiming new territory. And so what happened is they decided to cordon off this area of uh, essentially international waters uh, from the Philippines who uh, fish there. OK. And uh, the the fill you know they they set up this like floating net type of thing okay and said this is our territory now you can't cross it and the philippines to their credit said no nope, we're cutting that it's not your territory it's international waters and we're fishing here and uh, there's been a lot of tensions you know the between the two navies and coast guards and like china has been um trying to ram them with their ships and then turning off at the last minute and things like that. But this is escalating rather quickly. Now, where this becomes important is the U.S. has a mutual defense treaty with the Philippines. So if the Philippines are attacked, uh, we, by treaty, have to defend them. Okay? So if China attacks the Philippines... Now, um, it was reiterated back in November of last year um, and also uh, more recently just a couple of weeks ago that the uh, the ha the US has an ironclad commitment to defend the Philippines and this is a, uh, a quote uh, an armed attack on Philippine armed forces aircraft and public vessels including the Coast Guard anywhere in the South China Sea would invoke Washington DC's mutual defense commitments under article 4 of the mutual defense treaty and i think that was uh, i think that was mark milley uh, chairman of the joint chiefs of staff that that was the one actually saying that um, so but basically it is us policy right now to defend the philippines um, it's going to be interesting to see now china has has really pushed hard but they've always stopped at actually attacking any vessels but it's it's just another another signal that it, basically a war at least a conflict in the south china sea uh either over the philippines over taiwan uh with china is almost inevitable for us i mean it's it's just it's getting to the point where there's not many ways out of it you see what i'm saying yeah. So uh, just something to keep an eye on. Uh, now, not only is Taiwan an issue, but now um, our potential, you know, being treaty bound to defend the, the Philippines is uh, is also a, a possibility. Yeah, I just one thing that gets us closer to, to World War Three, which is good. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So the next one we wanted to talk about was this is this actually has all to do with RFK Jr. Okay. So it looks like now because of the way the Dems have treated RFK in the Democrat primary, 
that he's now thinking about running independent or third party. Well, he, he's he's. Uh, I, I thought I saw today that he had said um, he's running independent. Yeah, yeah, he's going to run independent. I don't think he's going to run as a third party. He's going to run independent. I, he, Which is actually going to be more of a challenge, especially if... Uh, um, no, it doesn't look like he... Uh, no. Uh, yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't announced either way. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's better off running as a libertarian just for ballot access. It's going to be he'd a lot harder. Win, he'd have to win the nomination, though. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and not I a think foregone conclusion. No, it's no. absolutely not a foregone conclusion. Yeah, no, but there's a base of people that like him, but he's not a libertarian, though. No, no like it would be disingenuous really. for that guy to run as a libertarian. But you know, the libertarian. Not that I mean, not that I even, not that I even don't like him. But hang on a second. The Libertarian Party has a long history of being starstruck when a big name comes along and says they want to run as a libertarian. No, that's true. So uh, it, it could very well. You know, I mean, Gary was a libertarian. Gary was yeah predominantly a libertarian. Yeah, he had a couple of things that I didn't agree with, but you know I I, I could agree with ninety percent of his policies. And, and folks, we're talking about uh, Gary, Gary Johnson, Johnson uh, two thousand twelve and two thousand sixteen candidate mm-hmm. for the Libertarian Party, uh, who both of us worked on his campaign. Yeah, um, and I still like Gary. He's a good guy. even though he was he's a little a, he was a little a weird guy. sometimes. The second campaign was worse than the first one. The first one was better. Yeah. The second one didn't work out as well. Yeah, you know, it, it was a weird. You time, could though. tell his heart wasn't in it on, on that. He was a little one. too high. I think. Well, I didn't. I yeah, he was high a lot. Um, I didn't work uh, directly with him in sixteen. I'd pretty much retired by then. Yeah. But you know, uh, for twelve, I was his, his Florida State campaign manager, um, or whatever they called it. What was it? I don't know. But you know, anyway. Um, but yeah, he. You know, when the Libertarian Party sees a big name like that. There's always a possibility that they're going to jump on it, even if he may not be a traditional libertarian. Yeah. Which, I don't know if that's a good or bad idea. Uh, frankly, I don't care one way or another either way, but it would be fun if RFK ran as a libertarian. Yeah. yeah. Now, I want to read this from the article. In a June interview with the Libertarian Magazine Reason, Mr. Kennedy acknowledges ideological disagreements with the party, including on issues like environmental protection, abortion, and civil rights, while also saying there's a... Wait, what? Abortion? Yeah. Uh, how do you disagree with the Libertarian Party on abortion? I don't know. They, they don't take a stand on it. <laughs> well, some of them are starting to. Oh, really? Uh, abortion and civil rights while also saying I've always been aligned with libertarians on most issues, which I do think is true. Look, I, I do think that there is definitely a an overlap between them. Right. Um, the th- and the thing about the LP that the LP has that nobody else has, well, I would say nobody else, but other than the Dems and the Republicans, no other party has this is 50 state ballot access. Yeah. Now, they or at may least not, close to it. They may not hit 50 this year. Yeah, but, I don't think they're going to hit 50 this year just because. But they'll have 46, 48. You yeah. Know, that'll be no problem. They will definitely have an, uh, ballot access in enough states to to easily win uh, the Electoral College. Yes, they will have that. The Green Party's not going to have that. Um, no. You know, no other party is going to have that. Well, I think the Greens might have 33 state ballot access this next time, this next oh, go they're around. getting up that high. So huh? they, they may get that high. Depending and, on the states, that could be enough. And they have, like, Cornell West is going to more than likely be the nominee for the Green Party. Right. But the thing is this. If they have Cornell West running... Who's definitely a, a a far left progressive person? I like Cornell West. I actually don't dislike him as a human. Right. Um. I think he's a nice person. You have RFK running. Now I think RFK is going to take more from, or is going to take pretty evenly from both sides. Like there's a there's a bunch of people that are on the Republican side, and independents and Democrats that I think are all going to kind of like him. Yeah. So yeah, he's going to pull from a lot of that. I could actually see him pulling a chunk of Trump supporters uh, once Trump is in prison and out of the race. You yeah, know? which, again, so, I, you know, I really want to make a bet with you on that one. <laughs> I think you're wrong. I want to make a bet. But I, I'm think, I'm, I haven't done it yet, though. You know what it is? I feel weird right now because, like, I got two bets right now that I'm feeling really good about. You're Really? You're feeling good about the Michelle Obama bet. Well, hold on. Overall, between the two bets, I'm Are looking at my worst. I'm week? working at my worst case scenario is a is a is a uh, is a toss up or is a, is even money. Like I'll win one. At worst case scenario, I win one no, and I lose one. No, I I, I think you you definitely are way off on Pence now. No, I don't think I am because you're not taking into effect that. DeSantis and Trump are not going to be in the primary. Well, then you miss your. Here's the thing: there's another candidate there that you're not thinking about. I'm. I don't think Nikki Haley is going to do it. Look, it's not going to be 
in this world, there's not going to be a black woman versus a brown woman for president. It's not going to happen. And there's not and there's no way in hell that uh, the Republican Party is going to elect an Indian with the name Ravashwamy. Okay, it's not going to happen. Well, no, I don't. Okay. I, I think it's going to be Haley. I think. It, I think if it's going to be any of them, it's going to be. I Haley. don't think they're going to. I don't think the Republican Party is. It's gonna, either Trump or Haley. They're not going to put up a brown woman when they're competing against a brown woman. Yeah, yeah, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> so that's that's what you're looking at. Though I I do think that the Pence bet is a little closer to the truth, you know. So uh, eh, that could happen. Yeah. So, do you, do, you, do you see what I'm doing here? You're showing me your hand. Oh, for fuck's sake. How long have you been in radio? Long enough to know what it actually meant, but okay. I wasn't going to give you the I wasn't going to give you the pleasure of giving you an answer. Okay. Oh, hold on here. So, hey, I want to read this one part from the article as well. In 2016, the moderate Gary Johnson and a former Republican governor of New Mexico. How funny is it now he's considered the moderate, by the way. Um, and his running mate, former Governor Bill Weld of Massachusetts, who was an asshole, by the way, just yeah, for the record, yeah, um, received 3.3% of the popular vote. That was the best performance by a third-party ticket since Ross Perot ran on the Reform Party ballot in 1996. Right. In an interview on Friday, Mr. Johnson said he thought Mr. Kennedy might struggle to win over libertarian voters, given that he is now a Democrat, but he said he would favor Mr. Kennedy over both the current and former presidents in a general election should they all win their respective nominating contests. And he says, if Kennedy manages to get through the process and become the libertarian nominee, I'd vote for him in a heartbeat, Mr. Johnson said, because he's not Biden and he's not Trump. Yeah, I, yeah, I could see that. I, I mean, can understand why he's saying that. I mean, I won't vote for him, but, you know, because <laughs> I don't vote for anybody. But, well, yeah, because you're yeah, not going to vote, period. I, I think a lot of people would see him, if it is Trump or Biden, which it's not, neither, neither of those guys are going to be on the ticket. So it's it's irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah, you have a bet with that one, and I have uh, challenged your bet, and we'll see who wins we'll that one. We'll see what happens on that one. Hey, uh, we got uh, maybe three minutes here. Let's Let's quickly hit... The last one, because in the second hour and folks, if you'd like to join us in the second hour, go to patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage. Sign up, become a subscriber. You get a whole bunch of swag. You get a copy of my book. You get an anarchist guild challenge coin, which is really cool. Um, Plus, you get at least an extra hour of content every week where we go into uh, a lot deeper personal issues. We go into the more conceptual things and you know we just get a little weirder in the second hour so if you if you like our stuff you like the direction we go there's more of it in the second hour uh patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage all right let's uh let's hit this last one before we have to go here um so i i put the title what word starts with an f and means when you execute political rivals and arrest the media oh that's right it's freedom (laughs) (laughs) so trump this week you know in is continuing insanity essentially uh threatened the life of uh mark milley um the uh chairman of the joint chiefs of staff and then also said uh that we should uh uh, launch investigation against all the mainstream media (laughs) calling them the enemy of the people (laughs) so i just find it fascinating that a group of people who tend to believe that they are the ones in support of freedom uh, are now supporting a guy who is publicly calling for execution of his political rivals and shutting and calling the media the enemy of the people and shutting down the media. Okay, that is literally what every tin pot dictator does the moment they gain power. (laughs) Every totalitarian regime in history has done exactly that. You know, okay, so here's the thing, though. Let me just put a couple things out here with this one. One, I definitely don't think that NBC, MSNBC, and the mainstream media is on our side. On, on the like, oh no, they're. I would definitely put them as an enemy of the people. They are completely in cahoots with the government and completely in cahoots with big business. There's no doubt about no it. No doubt about it. Yeah. But with that being said, the last thing I want is for the government to start going after them. Right. Again, they have the freedom to do it. You have right. the freedom to not listen. Right. But they have the freedom to do it. And that and this is the like like I say op uh fr- I say up front openly and proudly that when I win the presidency of the United States and the other lamestream media will be thoroughly scrutinized for their knowing dishonest and corrupt coverage of people, things and events. Hold on. Are you going to put that apl- are you going to put that standard to you as well? Right. Probably not. Folks, patreon.com/unattendedbaggage. We'll see you there. Have a good one.